Amo the Great. I always been like, fuck politics. I think politics and allegiance to political parties is no different than cults or gangs or just any sort of pie piper shit where people get so engulfed and involved that they go along with any and everything. And I always been saying that blind allegiance to a political party is like the definition of insanity. These motherfuckers, they never use logic. They have their point of view that the party puts out and then their constituents or their members or whatever, they just stand on whatever side of uh, whatever issue it is that their party stands on. They don't use independent thinking. They don't personalize anything. It's all just red and blue. It's way worse than Bloods and Crips. It's Republican, Democrat. And then when you start talking about far right, far left, you get to the more extreme parts of politics. And the more extreme it gets, the more powerful it gets. And you have to understand um, this is like the top percentage of people in the country that actually call the shots. They make the laws. They pass shit. They deny shit. They come up with all of these rules and regulations that serve the party, not the people. So recently, um, the FBI, they raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago house or estate, probably in a state, which they're now calling Magalargo. That's kind of funny. That's a bar. But they raided this shit with something in mind, trying to find information or evidence of the shit that happened on January 6th at the Capitol. And, you know, you have one side, the left, the blue, the liberal, the Democrats that are rejoicing, saying this needed to happen and, you know, whatever. And then you have the other side, the right. Let's go far right, actually, because I don't want to indict anybody. Um, The far right, they're furious. They're saying it's a political tactic. They're saying it's bullshit. You know, whatever reason, it's all politically driven, which they're right. Everything's politically driven, though. But if you pay attention, either of these sides, they only call things politically driven when it benefits their stance. Well, on the Republican side of things, um, since Donald Trump was the president, it's gotten a lot more extreme. They've been a lot more emboldened to say you know what I'm saying? What they want. They basically just wave a white nationalist flag and, you know, it's still a bulk of the population. So the popularity is through the roof. But the actual politicians, they're now running in fear from Trump because one thing about Trump is he don't fuck around. If you get on his bad side, it's over forever. He's not fucking with you and he's going to do his best to try and bust you down. So... With the way the country's running and the upheaval of his side, you know, most of them are assuming, and myself included, that if he runs for president in 2024, he's going to win. You know, um, 
And for that reason, you have a lot of these Republicans that double back on their own stances and they they do whatever it is to please Donald Trump, whatever it is to appear to be his ally. They're going to say it and they say it out loud and they say it emboldenly nowadays. Well, one of his most uh, stand up people is a woman called Majorie. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Majorie Taylor Green. Um, she's in politics. She's a senator, I want to say. And she's very outspoken. She she don't give a fuck what she says. She's a blonde, older white woman, but young in politics years. She's probably in her mid to late 40s. And if you've seen her face, she looks like the Purge mask from the first Purge movie when they came to uh to the house and said, you know, give us the guy up out of there. She looked like the girl mask on that. Very, very unattractive, ugly. But anyway, she rides with Trump, rides with him very heavily. And after his <laughs> after his estate in Mar-a-Lago, Florida was raided or a search warrant was, you know, approved and they went through his shit. She got on Twitter and went bananas, as, as you would expect. But she said something that I didn't expect. Majorie Taylor Greene said... We need to defund the FBI. Now, when the George Floyd protest was going on and defund the police was a thing, you know, these are the same people. Her especially was the same people that said back the blue. This is the stance of law and order. Back the blue. We don't care if they killing niggas. We don't care if they beating people. Back the blue. Our men and women of law enforcement, blah, blah, blah. Now that law enforcement on the highest level, I might add the FBI, now that they raided Donald Trump shit, she said defund the FBI. Well, let me tell you what, man. The thing about politics is as far as from a black perspective, Republicans tend to lean towards conservative values and conservative values are based on the Bible. Now, there is not a more religious group of people on the planet Earth or at least let's say the United States, then black Americans. You know, almost every black household through time, you're going to have a couple pictures on the wall. They'll have that Martin Luther King. They're going to have white Jesus. And now lately, a lot of them changes to black Jesus, but black folks and religion are hand in hand. So a lot of the core values and morals that the Republican Party actually has, they're shared by black people. The problem is that a lot of them are outwardly racist, so it pushes a lot of black people to support Democrats. The Democrats do absolutely nothing for niggas. They do nothing for our votes. They do nothing for our community. What they do is, whenever black people are supposed to get something, you know, a law passed for us or some sort of financing, payback, you won't even get any reparations, but anytime something is supposed to be specifically for black people, they mask it and they say minorities so they don't give anything specifically to blacks they give it to minorities which could be women which could be gays which could be native americans mexicans whatever well this is the reason why you don't have a ton of black republican voters now me personally i'll stay out of it i don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils and i know that some of our elders or ancestors died for the right to vote. 
gonna be real, man. Like they they died in vain because the right to vote is is a farce. Like if you live in a state that let's say specific, let's say if you live in California and you want to vote for the Republicans, your vote don't count because it's gonna go blue. It's it's a Repub it's a Democrat state. If you live in Texas and you want to vote for the Democrats, it's gonna go red. Your vote don't count. And they don't do a you know, a majority vote is electoral college. So where you live and all that shit has to do with who gets elected as far as the highest office presidency, you know. So me, I I, I'm, I voted in the past. I'm not going to vote again until if, if and when there's an actual candidate that I want to vote for because I'm not voting for the lesser of two evils. So... From the perspective of a black man in America that doesn't identify with politics and definitely doesn't identify with the Republican Party, I'm going to go out of my way to agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene when she says defund the FBI. Free the homies. The FBI was created mostly to segregate and to take down black organizations. J. Edgar Hoover at one point said that the Black Panther was the biggest threat to democracy. And over the years, they've been extremely heavy handed with black people. This RICO law shit that was made for the mafia. They've now turned that shit on to black Americans. And the FBI has, well, the feds, we'll say the feds, they have a 98% conviction rate. They don't lose. They don't come looking for you until they got you dead to rights. Yeah, defund them. You're mad. You're willing to cut off your nose to spite your face because they raided Donald Trump and you want to suck on this dick so bad that you're willing to defund the FBI, but you want to back the blue. Look, let's go and agree on that Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, defund them motherfuckers. You got the niggas this time. The niggas is with you. Defund the FBI. Defund the police. All these motherfuckers. If you doing it in the name of Trump, I don't care. You know, one problem that people have is they don't want to receive a good message if it comes from a bad source. I look at it like the truth is the truth. So I don't give a fuck who's pushing the line. If it's on the side that I'm on, if it's through my train of thought, then I'm with it. Marjorie Taylor Green, very powerful uh, white purge-looking bitch in the Senate or in, you know, the government. She wants to defund the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Me, the hustle podcaster, I agree. It's going to defund the FBI. Shout out to her, man. You know, they crossed the wrong way, and she rode the ride for her side that far. Let's go on and do it. Let's go on and defund the FBI with it. So Angela Lee put out a tweet the other day and said the Breakfast Club is over as we know it. And immediately, I thought that it meant Charlemagne was leaving, but it wasn't uh, the case. Angela Yee is actually leaving the Breakfast Club. And I got to say, I think that that's a bigger deal than some people that watch that show may understand. Charlemagne used to be the driving force. He kind of still is the driving force, but old Charlemagne was different. The new... uh healing energy and peace king and therapy and all the shit he's on now he's like a little he's a lot more tame than he used to be 
But old Charlemagne used to really put the numbers up. And then Angela Yee, she's like an actual journalist where the intelligent questions are asked. She knew how to get things out of people because she wasn't as threatening as Charlemagne when he was messy as hell. DJ Envy, he's kind of the third wheel to me. He doesn't really bring a lot to the show besides like name recognition. But there's not a lot of viral moments involving Envy other than shit with him and his wife. And then the one thing with uh, DJ Drama and DJ Zamero. So I think DJ Envy is actually the most expendable of the three. But either way, it looks like Angela Yee got a deal to have her own show. And it's going to be starting sometimes maybe towards the end of the year, they're saying. And that's cool. Congratulations to her. Uh, Angela Yee has a successful podcast. Um, She's been in the game for a long time. She's really a a good, educated, strong voice for women. And, you know, that's really dope for her. But the Breakfast Club, it's been kind of going downhill lately. It's been a little bit of tension between them. You can see it ever since Gucci had... Went off on Angela Yee and Charlemagne didn't take up for, which I thought that was kind of whack. But, you know, he's building his own brand. So he did or didn't do what he felt necessary at the time. I think podcasts have a lot to do with um, The Breakfast Club not being as popping as they used to be. Because if you look at an artist when they go on these promo runs and they go to Hot 97, they go to Big Boy, they go to Breakfast Club. But then they go on like Drink Champs or Million Dollars Worth of Game or Math Hoffa. You can see the difference in the environment, the freedom they speak with, and just their demeanor. It's a lot more opened up once they get into these podcast spaces because you don't have, you know, clear channel or, um, you know, whatever conglomerate overseeing it where they got to edit stuff and take stuff out. So podcasting kind of knocked in the ass, but... One good thing about The Breakfast Club coming to an end is Twitter. And Twitter is running it up with these top Breakfast Club moments, these top Charlemagne moments. And for those of you that didn't watch the show um, in its earlier years, I mean, these motherfuckers had some shit going on there. Ray J, of course, kicked it off with his wild interview. And Birdman, you know, that's put some respect on my name came from there. A lot of cultural moments came from out of that show. And if you're bored, take a look on Twitter and just look at Charlemagne's name. You see a lot of stuff. He used to be a different dude, man. He used to be hella disrespectful. This nigga used to be sniffing chairs and all kind of weird shit. He had a whole different face. Literally, like whoever's his dermatologist, that motherfucker's one of the best in the world. Because this nigga, his shit's smooth now. And before this nigga was like raccoon spots and bad skin, but he came a long way. His evolution, man, Charlemagne is, uh, he's a big deal. So without Angela Yee, they're going to need to find a replacement because DJ Envy doesn't bring enough to the show for it to be a two-man thing because it really would just be Charlemagne. So I'm not sure who they're going to put on there to, you know, fill in or replace Angela Yee, but um, that's, that is a show that has pushed the culture forward. Sometimes it actually puts culture backwards, too. But, you know, a lot of years of entertainment, some great interviews, a lot of good viral moments came out of that show. So shout out to The Breakfast Club. Congratulations to Angela Yee. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. One thing that people got to understand is, like, 
Money does not change people. It just accentuates who and what you are. It makes you more of who and what you are. So, you know, a lot of people would tell you that a corny nigga with a million dollars is just a million dollars worth of corn. If we being real. Now, I want to talk about something. I don't want to even say that this nigga's corny, but he did do some corny shit. And he got to be held accountable for it. Not by me, because I'm not one of these senseless people that gets online and argues with celebrities and act like they give a fuck. But just in general, this type of behavior is something that need to get spoke on. So, Earth Gotti, you know, I'm sure if you're hearing this, that you've seen this nigga over the past week where they was putting a trailer for Drink Champs episode and then, you know, it came out and he was on there talking about Ashanti, which by his account is his ex. Now, a lot of this ain't verified on both ends, so I just have to say allegedly, like they do with crime and shit, that Irv got on Drink Champs and he got to call her bitches and he's real upset still. And this is like 20 years later. I think it's real apparent to everybody that he still cares. And he's not wrong for that. He's not wrong for still being upset because you feel how you feel and you can't help it. But what makes the shit corny is he used that platform to defame her. He used that platform. I don't want to say exposed, but to put a lot of business out there that's not anyone's business. And it's corny because Irv Gotti is very successful, very smart, very meticulous guy that's been in the limelight for a long time, so he knows better. And you know, they say when you know better, you do better. So when somebody knows better and they don't do better, then they got to get held accountable. It's not like a rookie mistake that he made. And people spoke out on it. No one cares about the Twitter people, the bitches on there talking shit or whatever, but his contemporaries. You know, Ja Rule tried to interject a couple times during the interview. I feel like he did as much as he can because he's between the rock and the hard place. Like, Ashanti, him and Ashanti cool, and then Irv Gotti is his guy. So he just respectfully told him, like, chill, you know. But Irv kept getting off into that shit. And then Fat Joe had some words. He called a nigga corny or... Well, he called him a sucker, actually. And I don't think Irv got he a sucker, but I think that was some sucker shit. You know what I'm saying? And this just goes to show you that all the money in the world, Irv Gotti, why, why you may not think he's attractive or he's an old dude or something, he's still a big name. He's still got access to a lot of women. And he's a horny old nigga. He let that be known. So, you know, I'm sure he does his thing. So it's not really like he thirsty, but it's like the nigga heartbroken all these years later. Shanti put that thing on him some kind of way, man. Like, she still look real good. And I ain't even say for her age, just in general. She still look real good. And Irv, I feel like she chipped away at that nigga. He won't never be the same after dealing with her. I think as a man, as a mogul, as a leader, because he's all them things, whether you like him or not. For his position to do and say that shit, I feel like it was corny as fuck. And it reminded me of some Kanye shit. 
And if you're listening to this and you one of the Kanye fanatics, I don't give a fuck. Truth is the truth. Kanye just went ahead and did. He posted some shit, rest in peace to Skeet, because she, you know, Kim Kardashian broke up with Pete Davidson. This nigga's not over it. Like, the nigga got broke up with, cuz, and you still on his helmet over a bitch to say she don't want to be with you no more. And rightfully so. Now, what people do anytime Kanye does some weird shit is they try to use his so-called genius or his creativity to make excuses for him. But when these celebrities get on weird shit, I want you to think about it and I want you to act like it was me. Not like it was Kanye West, not like it was Irv Gotti, like it was me, the average nigga out here. How would you look at me for doing these type of things? You know what I'm saying? Moving the country for my baby mama, crashing parties, threatening a boyfriend. I'm a weirdo for that if I was to do it. Getting online and exposing the ex and talking shit 20 years later. I'm a duck for some shit like that. So don't let these people's status in life or status in the music industry or money or influence or talent like skew your viewers some bitch ass shit that they've been doing. And that's both of them niggas. Kanye's more consistent with it. He's been on some weird shit for a lot longer. And it seemed like the more talented some of these people are, the more weird they are. So Kanye, he's a super talented in his music. I don't fuck with the clothes. I don't give a fuck. That nigga dressed like Jerusalem and shit. All the shit he, whatever. But his weird side is huge. It's, it's as big as his talent. So... What people do is they attribute his point of view and it's like, well, he's genius. He's thinking further. Like, nah, whole ass shit is whole ass shit. Keep that shit a buck. Don't matter who do it. Standards are for everybody. Man. Money does not excuse you from, from being a fuck nigga. And both of them niggas be doing fuck nigga shit. But what I will say is both of them niggas it's operating off love. And that just go to show you how dangerous love could be if it's not reciprocated. That's why people need to learn to let go. I just seen a story of a dude. I don't know what city he was in, but it said he stabbed his baby mama 18 times. Police found her body with a knife sticking out her head still. Stuff like that is done out of love. As crazy as that sounds, love and hate is the same emotion. It's just two sides of the coin. So you have to be careful when someone loves you to death because that could be some literal shit. I think that as a public, we need to hold these celebrities to the same standard we hold each other to. If you had a brother that was doing the shit Irv Gotti was doing, that was doing the shit Kanye was doing, or if your baby daddy did that to you or if your ex did that to you, or if your homeboy did that to his ex, how would you feel about it? These niggas ain't rappers. These niggas ain't moguls. These niggas ain't. These regular people. The standard doesn't change because these people have a high status or that they got a lot of money or that they have a lot of talent. We got to call fuck shit, fuck shit. That's the end of it.